Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Karat Tribe. This is Rhonda Velez by herself today because my co-host cannot seem to get over the flu and I just feel so sorry for her. So I told her to please stay home and not share that wonderful sickness with me. Um, We are interviewing today, though, Kristen Oakland. Did I say that right, Crystalline? Crystalline Oakland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I even made myself a little note on how to pronounce it because I didn't want to screw your name up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I met on social media and became quick friends. I loved her jewelry line. And when we heard the story of her resilience through tragedy, I just couldn't imagine not having her share her story here on 24 Carat. So please welcome Crystalline today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm just so happy thank to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I, I, I'm sorry Phyllis couldn't be here today, but I will uh, definitely send some prayers her way for, for full healing because she needs to take care of herself. We all have to do that at different points in our life, you know. Right, and I need a co-host. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I want you to start off by just telling us a little bit about um, the background of your story, kind of your 2016 story, and then how it moved into mm-hmm. your um, jewelry business. So take it away. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I... Um, I am a jewelry designer as you probably realized but um I in 2016 um it was a very interesting year for me I I don't know if that's even the right word to put it but um um, I had been in the industry for about 13 years in the jewelry industry and my husband was also in the industry with me that's actually kind of how I met him but he had been battling uh cancer peripheral t-cell lymphoma for about two years prior to 2016. So in 2014, um, we actually found out we were pregnant with our first child mm-hmm. and he um, got sick at the same time. So um, after a long battle of cancer, um, about two years, he passed away in 2016. So, oh my gosh, it's just tragic. Um, our life definitely slipped all the way upside down. I had become um, a new mom mm-hmm. and also um, also a widow pretty pretty quickly after becoming a new mom. My son was 16 months old when my husband Ryan passed. And um, yeah, I had really <clears throat> given up my career. Um, I was in sales at a jewelry store locally in New Orleans. Actually, it was his, his family's jewelry store. That's where we met. And um, I had kind of given up my career there to have the baby and to take care of him. We had to leave Louisiana, move to Texas for his treatment. So wow. um, when we got, when my son and I got back from Texas after my husband passed, I like didn't know who I was anymore. I became mm. a mom. I didn't have a job. I was a widow. Like I was just in a big fog yeah. and was trying to figure out like 
what just happened and who am I now? Because for so long I was um, in this jewelry business with, with my husband and I loved what, what I did and we worked together and my sister worked there. I mean, it was just this right. great career. Um, and now my life was just like, like who am I now? You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, I think I especially just, after yeah, losing even, a spouse and being a widow, you know, that's one thing to deal with, but to be a new mom and to be a widow and your mm-hmm. whole idea of probably what you thought your life was going to look like was completely different, yeah. you know? Yep, exactly. Yeah, you know, when you when you lose a spouse, um, I think it's hard for everyone in the situation when anyone dies because everyone has a certain relationship with the person. Um, you know, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law lost a son. Right. You know, I can't imagine what that's like. Um, my... Uh, my brother-in-law lost his brother. You know, it, there's yeah. so many different dynamics in losing a person, and it's hard for each uh, relationship involved. Um, but when it's your spouse, you not only lose your best friend. We work together every right. day. We design jewelry together. We had customers together, like, that just knew us as, like, two peas in a pod, basically, you know? Um, People would joke with Ryan and be like, how do you work with your wife every day? And he would (laughs) just kind of, like, chuckle and be like, because I really like her. Yeah, you (laughs) have to really like somebody to work with them every day. You know, my husband works from home, and sometimes I'm like, you need to go upstairs to your office, you're bugging me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, we had days like that, too. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, But, no, you just, it's your... your relationship is really becomes part of your identity, you know? And then, um, I love the business. I love the jewelry business, but I just couldn't see myself going back to the store without him. Like I just felt like that would be even harder. Plus we worked really long hours. Um, we were in retail. I couldn't do that as a single mom and a baby with a baby. Like it just wasn't going to be feasible. Yeah. Especially with a baby. So, Yeah. So I just said, you know, like, I just really did a lot of soul searching and was really trying to figure out, like, what do I do from here? I spent a lot of time, like, volunteering um, with some organizations locally that were, um, that are cancer nonprofits. Mm -hmm. So I really felt like I was kind of giving back and, like, in Marion's honor. And that was very important to him was for us to, like, move past the situation once he survived you know he didn't really talk about if he would die but if when he survived he wanted to he's like I don't want to just go back living the way we lived I want to make sure we're helping other people that's so awesome experience because yeah it's so hard and he was very um interested in helping people have the extra financial burden of having cancer Mm -hmm. um he just was compelled to help people he was helping people even when he was sick that were experiencing that financial burden wow so that's what I kind of dove into but it didn't pay the bills like that was volunteer work I knew I had to get something together so I decided like I don't want to leave the jewelry industry but I really want to create my own brand which will allow me to give back to these organizations and help families who are experiencing the burden of cancer but also create a life for my son and I with an income that can help support us because, you know, we lost the breadwinner of our family yeah. and my income, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I just decided like, okay, I'm going to start my brand and based on what I feel like there is a need in the market and from being in the industry for so long and based on like what I would want to wear. Yeah. And so, 
And your jewelry is really simple, which I love the simplicity of it. And I think we've talked about that before offline, you know, that it's just nice because you can layer it with different pieces. Um, But just to go back a second, you know, we had a gal on our, we had interviewed um, a gal the other day and she had um, cancer and she, she did recover from it, but she was talking about something called post-traumatic growth. And I had never heard of that before. Um, but she explained it as, you know, people who've gone through trauma situations, how you make things better, um, for yourself after a traumatic experience. And I feel like so many people we talk to here on 24 Carat have done that, which is beautiful because, you know, you could live in that pain forever. You could choose to not move forward. And I'm not saying that it goes away just because you're doing something positive because it doesn't, you know, the pain and the grief are still there. It's just, it takes different shape. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I've never actually heard that term before. I just wrote it down so I can (laughs) read about it too. But it's, I think it's exactly what, what I've done since Ryan passed. Like, he was pretty specific with me. We, we didn't talk a lot about him actually dying because mm-hmm. I think we felt like if we put it out in the universe, right. like we were like manifesting it. it yeah. <laughs> um, but like in ways we talked about it. I mm-hmm. don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, absolutely. Like he, he would say things to me like, um, don't let like my cancer steal your happiness, you mm. know? Um, I have a note from him that, that really kind of goes into that. It's not a long note, but it just basically says, like, I thought that this illness was going to take away your happiness, take away Winston, our son's happiness. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's, he said, I can see that's not that's not true. You're not going to let that happen. I can see, like, you are the light. You're the light for Winston. He loves you like I do, you know. And yeah. it's just, like, my reminder to, like, why yeah, I know he wouldn't want me to, like, dwell in the past right um or get stuck there and become like a victim of it um and so that just reminds me and encourages me to to move forward but some people do say sometimes they're like well how is it you know how can you feel like you can like move forward if you're talking about it or doing things with other people who are experiencing cancer um and for me it's just part of who I am in my story in my life yeah and it's the way that helps me um, just give purpose to, through Ryan's life. Yeah, and, and I think cope death, with you it. Know? Cope with it, too, because, I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, we've talked about this so many times on the podcast, but, you know, my daughter died in 2002, and it's the same thing. Like, every time I get a DM from a mom who's like, I just lost my child, and, you know, how, you know, how does it feel? And I, you know, to be 18 years out and be able to say, look, like, it's not that it's less painful. It's just that me being able to share my story with other women who have endured it and gone through it just helps me, you know, every day to be better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for, for sure. I mean, it, it, I feel like it's helped my healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, even like, like, you know, we help. So every year my, my, my son and I, we celebrate my, our whole family really, but but I started it after Ryan passed. I wanted to celebrate Ryan's birthday yeah. um, for my son. And I just was trying to figure out a way to do it. So we we were constantly and still are surrounded by butterflies since Ryan passed. Oh, and we feel really connected to him and believe it's like a sign that he's okay and that he's guiding us. Yeah. 
And so for his birthday every May, we ask friends and family to donate $25 a butterfly and we do a butterfly release. Oh, that's beautiful. And we take that money and we give, yes, it's so amazing. And so we take that money and we give it to local families who are experiencing the burden of cancer. Mm. And um, it's been incredible. I think we've raised about $19,000 since Ryan passed. Um, I really need to start probably a nonprofit, but people just gift it and we just gift it out. So it's actually like makes it so easy. Yeah. Um, But we've helped this last year. We got to help 11 families and they're not expecting it. Like basically anybody who tells me about a family, I I try not to say no. So basically we just divide the money amongst the families that we hear about at that time. Right. But it's been incredible and it's still hard though because some of those people don't survive. And so then, Mm -hmm. you know, we hear about that and we kind of get to know the families. Um, But at the same time, it just reminds me of like, we're not, we're, we're doing good in Ryan's honor instead of letting this become something that takes us down. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. these people wouldn't get this gift if Ryan didn't pass. Like it's just, his, it's continuing his legacy in that way. And it makes us feel good. And we get to go celebrate this beautiful butterfly release. We had like 200 and something butterflies oh, this wow. year. And That's awesome. <laughs> that is yeah, so it's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. And I, and I love, I love that the butterflies, um, as well like it's just such such a beautiful symbolism you know and I you know I I I can relate to you only for, you know not the same because obviously you know I haven't had a spouse that's passed away but you know with grief it's like if you you've got to do something with it you can't just keep it to yourself completely because it will it, it'll destroy you you know it's very easy to go into depression yeah. and I'm not saying like you know, the holidays are super hard. Um, you know, her birthday's super hard. Those kinds of things are hard days. But at the same time, like I know that her life um, means so much to other people. You know, the short life that my daughter lived was helping other people. And so, and I'm sure you feel like his, you know, your husband was a young, he wasn't, you know, an older man. He was a young man. Yeah. So, you know, even though his life was short, he's helping other families, which is just amazing, amazing. Yeah, and that's exactly what he wanted to do. So it it reminds me that you know he he still lives on. You mm-hmm. know, he at one point at one point he looked at me when he was sick and he and he was like, "Is that it? Was that was that it? Was that my life?" Like, and it wasn't that he looked was thinking he had regrets. It was just like a realization, like, "Wow, that was it. that was it." Like that, but. Yeah. Um, he, he helped so many people like and it sounds silly because it's we deal in jewelry which is a luxury item but we help so many people with heirloom jewelry like he was a diamond buyer and he would be so particular and so specific of the perfect diamond for each customer and that diamonds are forever yeah. you know like his I have so many people who are like, oh, my gosh, I just cherish this piece even more now because Ryan and you designed it, and he picked the perfect stone for me. Like, his legacy lives on in so many ways, and this is just, like, one other way. And and the same with my business. You know, I give a portion of my sales to cancer-related initiatives, mm-hmm. and that's just for me. I mean, I talk about it sometimes in my business, but it's really for me to just feel like, hey, the better I do – the better I can help people. Like that just makes, that makes me feel good. You yeah. Know? And I, I think that's the um, mission kind of- that should be the mission when we're doing things, you know, um, with our life, whether, you know, it's something you created like your jewelry business or it's just a regular day to day kind of a thing. I feel like, you know, you have to have 
something that you're pouring back into because I just believe that that breathes life into every other area of you of your you know of your life um and I mean you so when we met I ordered the heart necklace and Mm -hmm. I want you to share the knife edge story because it was so meaningful to me and I love my heart necklace yeah yes so that so so the knife edge um is kind of like a jewelry term, but it's when, you know, uh, two pieces of metal or the, the metal kind of goes up into like a point. So a lot of my jewelry will have that knife edge kind of concept to it. Um, and it, it's a, just a, it's a little different, it's a little geometric, you know, mm-hmm. but um, for me, it was about, and it is about like living on the edge. And I don't mean like going to drive a motorcycle and getting all crazy. <laughs> Jumping I mean, off a like, bridge. No, living, we're not talking about that. <laughs> right. Like living, living on the edge of, um, of possibilities in life, excitement, mm. like taking chances um, on yourself and on others um, and really just kind of like pushing yourself um, to just live like the fullest, the fullest life and, um, you know, just experiencing like, like, it's it's a it's the heart. So for me, with the heart, you know, it's about experience yeah. and love. And love can, sometimes can as hard as you love, it hurts just as bad when you lose. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I would say, like right after Ryan died, I would say this wouldn't hurt so bad if I didn't love so hard. And it yeah. ha- and it's worth it. It's worth it's it's worth feeling this bad that we loved each other so hard. You yeah. know. Um, and so that's part of it for me too, especially with the heart pendant. It's like just live on the edge of like being vulnerable and accepting people and loving um, because it's, um, I don't know, to me that's just what life's about. It's just like pushing um, Pushing past, past the pains sometimes, you know, and that's so true, you know, and yeah. I love I love that analogy, that, you know, with living on the edge because I feel like a lot of times – People, not just women, I feel like women tend to be a little bit more fearful when they're, you know, maybe starting a business, becoming an entrepreneur, you know, trying to do something different. It's a little bit scary, you know, to um, step out there out of your comfort zone. But again, we only get one life, right? Like we only have this life. We have a beginning and we have an end date. And we don't know when, we know when the beginning was, but we sure don't know when the end is. So, you know, it's true. It's like, I think when you've gone through any sort of, trauma or grief, a lot of times you start to look at life very differently and go, well, you know, if I don't do it, am I going to regret it at the end of my life? So, I mean, I love that. I I love that you said that because I feel like that's so true. So true. Yeah. And I I think a big part of like that living on the edge is understanding that like fear and and fear of whatever that is, failure, rejection, Mm -hmm. Um, all those things, like it's a, you're going to fail and you're yeah. going to be rejected and yeah. you're not going to be for everyone and everything you try is not going to work. Mm-hmm. But like the journey of it is going to get you where you want to go. And that failure that is coming up or has happened in the past got you where you are now or is going to get you further than you think. You know, it's always there's always a lesson in it. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And I don't think failing is a bad thing. I think a lot of people feel like, oh, if I fail, you know, or, you know, I start this business and then it doesn't work out, then what are everyone else going to think? And um, I know for me, just recently, I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? 
does it really matter what everybody else thinks? They're not living my life. You know, I mean, I, I care, but I don't, you know, it's not the end all be all if, if it doesn't work out, you know? Yes. And failure is not final. Mm -hmm. You know, failure is just, it's not final. It doesn't mean it's the end. It might be the end of something that you tried. It might be the end of a relationship that you feel like failed. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not, it's not the end, you know, it's not final. It's, it's, what can you go back and, and look at and learn from it? Yes, you know? I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. I failed a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> I have failed a lot. And you know what? I don't regret any of when I look back at some of those times that I felt the most, you know, of failure in my career, whatever it may be, I look back and I think, oh my gosh, but I grew like so much more from all of that, which to me, that means more than anything. Right. Right. And like if you like if fear is holding you back, like if you're like, gosh, I really want to try this, but I'm so scared. If you can just commit to saying, I'm okay if I fail because I'm going to look for the lesson. Yeah. Like if you're just gonna go into it and fail and be like depressed about it and never come out of whatever you're going to do, then that's going to take you down. But if you can say, hey, I'm going to lean into this, I'm going to live on the edge, and I'm going to accept that if it doesn't work, I will look for the lessons mm-hmm. and no matter what you, you win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my mom used to tell me all the time. So she's so funny. She, she would tell me, you know, Rhonda, it always seems to somehow work out. And, you know, I used to think that was so okay, mom, whatever, you know, (laughs) but the older I get, the more I'm like, you know, it kind of does, like it might not work out the way that I had imagined it in my head, but somehow it ends up working out. And I feel like if you stay in that positive mindset, if you, you know, you are trying to just say, you know what, it doesn't always work this way and I'm okay with it. But, and I I think that takes, it it takes a while. I try and tell my, my children, like, learn from me, don't learn at 47, you know, learn at 20, (laughs) which you, you wish you could. So I have a a question for you. Uh, So what fears, what do you think was your biggest challenge and what was your biggest fear when you started your jewelry business? Um, My biggest fear was I was going to invest our, like some of our savings into a business that would fail and then I would lose the money. And like Mm. Ryan and I worked so hard for that money and I didn't have a way to get it back. You know, like he was gone and I wasn't working in that uh, store anymore and so it was investing in myself with my mm. my fear and like I really put the money part of it um I like this like I gave it like a life you know and I was like this is part of Ryan if I lose it you know like I really kind of freaked myself out a little bit about it and then I really had to surround myself with some friends I, I remember one particular moment it was just like this defining moment I had taken a few of my friends to um a trade show with me when I was picking out my packaging and all to, you know, to get the brand launched. Yeah. And the minimum order on the packaging was a thousand pieces mm-hmm. and I had to have packaging for shipping. So like an outer package and then the actual jewelry box. So that was 2000 pieces. Oh I would goodness. have to like commit to, you know, yeah. and, um, I was like my, I was sweating. I was <laughs> like, I can't just like, I, I You're like, like um, I, I have to sell a thousand. Sold. I really hope somebody buys these. <laughs> right. I'm like, God. And so literally we had to like, we, we, we shopped, we went all around trying to find it and we really nailed it. We're like, this is the one, this is how we're going to do it. And so I told the people, I'm like, oh, we need a little time. So we went and took a break and I'm like, girls, I 
am so scared. I cannot sell a thousand pieces. And they all looked at me like I had a third eye on my head. They were like, you're a jewelry designer. You've been in the industry over 10 years. What are you going to do? Do you not plan on selling that much? Because, like, why are you doing this then? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And by the way, your packaging is stunningly beautiful so um I like I like have my I put mine in my box because I didn't the jewelry I mean it's so beautifully packaged that I'm like never throwing this box away it's gorgeous thank you I know I have so many women who are like oh my gosh like it's faux marble like I just put it in my bathroom and put all my jewelry in it you know yeah we we worked really hard and my friends thank god you know uh, kind of sort of volunteered to help me they weren't really even in my business they just were so sweet to help oh, you got a um, good set of people yeah, around they, you <laughs> they said, yeah they just encouraged me and said do it and and get past that fear and so that was like one of the biggest financial commitments at that time i wasn't necessarily buying inventory at that time i was just doing samples and so to have to write that check and be like oh my god yeah. what is gonna happen um but I am looking at my inventory right now, my boxes, and I have to do reorders soon on my boxes already. And I've been in, in, in business for like 14 months, you know. And that's that's amazing, so, too, um, that you're the amount of time that you've been in business. And, you know, sometimes and we did a goal episode not too long ago and we were talking about um you know, writing stuff down. And, I love that episode. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny I because I loved it. It, you know what? And the thing is, is that I. Um, I used to be very fearful in writing down like, okay, like a number, because to me that Mm -hmm. terrified me, like, what if I don't meet it? And then, you know, then I look at it and I'm like, oh, I failed. And I just started saying, you know what, who cares? I'm just going to write it down. And if it happens, great. And if it doesn't, I'm okay with it. And I feel like once I freed myself from the pressure of feeling like I have to do this or I'm a failure, it just kind of flowed much easier. So I love the yeah. fact that you were, yeah. you had to order a thousand or 2000 technically boxes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of said, so what it did for me mentally. And I think the same with you, like writing your goals and how you put them on that whiteboard. Yeah. All, like it, it, it just puts it in front of you every mm-hmm. day. So you can't like go a whole month and forget about it. You right. know, like I, I see these boxes every day, you yeah. know, um, I stored a lot of them at my mom's house. She, she reminds me that they're there. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, um, you got some jewelry to sell. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and so it's just like that reminder, like, Hey, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. You know? And if you didn't have it, say I would have had a 200 minimum, like, I would have been stressed out because I would have ran out of boxes. I wouldn't be able to get them in mm-hmm. time. Like, you just have to, like, take a leap and commit to yourself and, and what you're doing, like, fully. You know, you can't, like, I wanted to do a million things at once. Like, I was like, oh, I'll do that. I'll start a podcast. I'll do this. Yeah. And it was like, one of my mentors, uh, Jasmine Starr, was like, oh, I love Jasmine. Right before I launched, <laughs> yeah, she's so good. Right before I launched, I got to go to, um, her event she did like a 10 people got to go to um, Newport Beach for a brand builder and I was like Jasmine I'm freaking out because I feel like I have so much to do I'll never launch this business and she's like um you just need to focus on the launch yeah so all the things you have to do make a list what makes you get to launch and what can you do after launch right like, and just focus on the launch you know and so once she told me that I was able to focus on the launch I launched the business within a month of being at her event 
And now it just reminds me everything that looks like a daunting task. I'm like, okay, what, what do I have to get to and what do I have to do to get there? Yeah, no, and, and that's so true. Like, One yeah. step in front of the other. And, you know, that is, yes. that is, you know, I, um, I feel the same way because even just, you know, between working my full-time job and the podcast and, you know, I'm writing a devotional and I'm doing all these things and I'm like, I just, how am I going to get it all done? It's somehow I get it all done, uh, but I, I do, I have to yeah. just take one foot in front of the other and kind of funny, um, other Jasmine stories. So we, uh, saw Jasmine at, um, this event. My daughter was there and my daughter, you know, had started her own business as well. And she was so yeah. excited to meet her cause she loves Jasmine and, um, Jasmine told her, uh, I was asking her all these questions because you know how she is. She's like rapid fire. She just asks you all these questions, right? And um, my daughter was answering them and she goes, you're going to need to hire somebody by next year. And so we were cracking up because when my daughter launched her business, she inboxed her and she's like, did you like prophesy over me or something she goes because I have all these clients and I think I'm going to need to hire someone next year and you know it's just so isn't that hilarious because you know it's true it's like those mentors that speak life into you you know and really believe in you and you just feel like I'm not sure I can do this you know that's so awesome no, it's so, it, I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of her. And it, 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 it's so weird that we almost need a validation from somebody else who maybe doesn't even know us that well. Right. But it really does help when somebody looks at you and says, hey, you know what? You're going to do this. Yeah. But they can't, they're not going to say that to everybody. When you show up and you're driven and you tell people your plan and you get excited about your business, you talk about it. People see that, yeah. and uh, not just people who are going to buy from you, but people around you, and and then, I mean, that's one of the best things about having an online business. I feel so encouraged. I've never felt so encouraged in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know, um, and I was telling somebody the other day, and- I was telling someone the other day, it's just amazing, like, how many people I've met on social media that are so incredibly, like, positive, and, you know, it's like this other tribe of friends that I have that are just like amazing, you know, I mean, just so supportive and, you know, just so encouraging. And I, I mean, I do, I feel like I know people look at social media and Instagram and Facebook and, you know, LinkedIn as these things that can be negative, but I have found so much positivity in it. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of negativity that comes here and there, but for the most part, like there's just so many women that I have found that are supportive in that space. So, you know, I mean, we yeah. would have never met. <laughs> you know, yeah. and we have 100% and we have agree. connections, yeah. you know, different people that we know that know each other, you know, and it's just kind of interesting. So, um, so I have another, and I think, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Finish uh, your thought. I was going to say, and I think like in life, whatever you or like, whatever your expectation is, it in something like, okay, if you have this like mindset, like social media is negative, like you're going to go onto your social media and you're going to look to validate that thought in your mind. Mm, you're going to look to the negative good. and be like, yep, I'm right. It is negative. Yep. Or you can change that narrative in your mind and not follow the negativity and unfollow and, and really get your feed to be something that's positive and people will inspire you and you can send out positive messages and voice messages to people and create that positivity in your social media that you feel like isn't there. And I think it's just changing the narrative in your mind. How am I going to use this? Am I going to use it for positivity? And then look for the positivity when you see it, share it. When somebody makes an amazing post, 
share it. It might, yeah. might be your competitor. Who cares? Share it. You know, like. And you know what? That's so great. We're doing. Um, we're going to be doing a podcast too on um, collaboration versus competition here shortly, yeah. and um, you know it's so true because when you know Phyllis, I gave her the elephant necklace. And I don't know if you remember, but I told you, you know, when a new elephant mother gives birth, the strongest members of the herd circle around her and face inward and outward to protect and help her with the baby. And um, they do the same when elephants are weak or injured or young, they will go to help one another. And I think like that gives that elephant necklace such a powerful message because that is what it's about. It's about protecting one another and, you know, lifting one another up and her success doesn't mean your demise. Like, I wish we could just, you know, drill that into younger girls' heads. And I think that's one of the things that I'm so determined to do is, you know, I watch my 16-year-old daughter come home and it's just catty and they're, you know, you know, these girls are just so mean to one another. And I just think, oh my gosh, you guys, if you just knew what you could do you know, being one instead of competing against everybody, you would just be so much better mm-hmm. off, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to learn that young. And especially because I don't know, you just, it takes time to understand that, but the earlier they can get it, the yeah. better, you know? I yeah. Mean, no, the uh-huh. earlier you can grasp that concept, the better you are, I mean, yeah. into your college years, into your, you know, your work years, you know, all of those things that just makes life a little bit easier. I'm sorry, I learned it so late, you know? Um, yeah. But, you know, I I just love lifting other women up and, you know, helping them and collaborating and, you know, just being able to connect, you know, people who have other businesses and go, oh, you need to check her out or, you know, that, that just really inspires me to help others, you know? Yeah, me too. I I was at a, I did a trunk show recently at, uh, the local jewelry store that I'm at, Open Heart Jewelers. They carry my line. That's where I used to work. That's my (laughs) in-law store. Um, and we did a trunk, they did a trunk show with four designers that they carry. And I was one of them. And so when I was there, I was like doing my Instagram stories and all. And I was like, Oh, talking to one of the designers, I did to all the designers. I'm like, can I um, do a story about your line and put it on my stories? She's like, why would you, why would you want to do that? And I was like, I just want to like, my people like jewelry. They'll probably like your jewelry too. And she was like taken aback by it. She was like, yeah, yes. like, thank you. Like, but I don't see it as competition. Like, if someone loves her jewelry better than mine, I want them to get the jewelry that they love. Like yeah. I genuinely want people to have what they really love. You well, know? and everybody and has different tastes. You know? Yeah, and everybody yeah. has different yeah. tastes, and it exactly. might be, you know, that they use your line for, to give to a friend that they know would really like it, and her line to you know wear on their neck. So it just kind of, just yeah. you know, it depends. So I have one last question for you. What advice mm-hmm. would you give yourself, your twenty-two-year-old self, now? Mm, that's such a good question. Um, I know it's kind of one of our standard questions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love the question. I think, um, as of today, you know, I think I would teach her so many lessons if I could, but (laughs) uh, what I would feeling like today, I would tell her is to take care of her body and her Mm. health, you know, exercise daily, eat well, feel good. It's not just about being thin. It's about, longevity of like Ooh, life good. and energy and getting into those habits young so that you don't have to try to get into them when you're older you know I, yeah 
I feel like when I was young, I was thin naturally um, at that age. And so I just did whatever. I never got into a really good physical routine or good nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so now it's really hard to like learn to get into those habits as I'm older. And I wish I would have done it younger because yeah. that's all we have is our health, you know? Yeah, no, um, I think that's great. And yeah. I, I do think that that's really good advice for for our younger generation to hear because it's true. It's like, it's, you know, you kind of take it for granted when you're young and, you know, you're skinny and you can eat McDonald's and not worry, worry about the exactly. consequences. But as you get older, you know, yep. you do have to start, you know, looking at your health and looking what you put in your body and, and how you, you know, I think exercise is one of those things where um, a lot of times we think, oh, it's exercise to be thin. But I have found that exercise for me is a mental health thing. Like I, I physically need to exercise so that I don't mentally shut down. <laughs> I 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Crystal Lynn. I have so enjoyed having you on the show. And I know even though we don't have Phyllis with me, I miss my co-host terribly. <laughs> um, it, I still, <laughs> I it was just so awesome to speak with you today. Um, so if you love our show, please subscribe and leave a review. And don't forget to follow our Instagram on 24 Carat Conversations Podcast. And until next time, 24 Carat Tribe, sparkle on. Bye.